Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, Rachel, this time of year is so busy and so crazy, and then it seems that everything gets thrown into the mix on top of it. And and when that happens, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it can steal our joy and the whole reason that we're celebrating the season. And so I want to talk today about some things that might just re-energize us during the season. Okay. First, I want to know what's been stealing your joy. Well, you know, it's it's crazy stuff, but I mean, a serious thing is that my mother-in-law broke her hip at our house while she was visiting. So I feel a little bit guilty, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was zero we could do about it. She grabbed a hold of a, of a bar stool uh, next to the island and it tipped over and she tipped with it. And my husband and I were two feet away and we couldn't reach her. And it just happened so fast. And, and so, you know, when she's here for a visit and something like that happens, you just feel the weight of the world. And you think, oh, my goodness, what a sweet, sweet lady. And you just don't want anything bad to happen to her. But it did. And so we've been dealing with surgeries and rehab and all of that. And, and so you get a little exhausted and sleep deprived especially since we're the only family around in this area. And so you, you just start, uh, you know, letting that kind of take over. And I know I'm not alone. There are a lot of folks dealing with a lot of things this season that they really didn't plan on. And so that can, that can kind of uh, chip away at your joy. Yeah, so why is your hand all black? <laughs> Well, it comes with the whole sleep-deprived thing, and it also is exactly what I'm talking about. It seems like when you are trying your best to just, you know, go, okay, it's going to be okay, and we're going to make it through this, and life is good, and I'm going to have a positive outlook, and chin up. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to pull myself through this, and then you see the little blinker light going on, Uh, your printer and you've realized that your printer has been low on ink the last several documents that you've printed everything's turned gray there's a few lines in it and you just keep thinking okay I'll get to that in a minute I'll get to that later well I had a minute and so I thought I'm gonna do that right now and of course I being the uh, let's see not cheap but maybe the value seeker shopper I did not buy the printer ink that comes with the printer. I bought the kind that comes in a bulk pack. And so I put my ink, uh, tore the little strip off, put it in there. And as I pressed down to stick it into the little slot, black ink squirted everywhere, including all over my hand. So try as I might, wash it, clean up. Everything is black, including the palm of my hand. So, yeah, those little things, those little first world problems 
can kind of chip away at your joy. I'm not going to lie. Well, I can make you feel a little better about that. Now, I did not have my mother-in-law break her hip. I have not been sleep-deprived taking care of her. In fact, I slept perfectly fine the other night. And yet yesterday, I went to change the filter the water filter on my refrigerator um, because it was getting slower and slower and slower to dispense. In fact, for weeks now, you would stand there with your cup at the fridge trying to fill it with the water and it would like take a good three minutes to fill a cup of water. And I'm like, what is going on with this? And my son's like, mom, when did you last change the filter? (laughs) I'm like, hmm, perhaps 2003. So... (laughs) So I changed that filter. I bought a new filter. I went to put it in, took the old one out, pulled off the little tab, just like with your ink cartridge, put it in, gave it the twist, um, thought I had it in real good. And then I held my glass underneath the dispenser and I pushed, you know, the go button and water to my great surprise. I had gotten so accustomed to it, like dribbling out so slowly. It was like a geyser. The water is gushing out. In a matter of seconds, my cup is filled and it's now overflowing onto the fridge and the floor. And I'm like, I'm just stunned. I'm like, what? What is happening? And I I, I let off the go button uh, and it did not shut off for some reason. So I'm no longer telling it to dispense, but it is still dispensing all over my shoes. It's like flooding the kitchen and I'm just standing there and I cannot for the life of me figure out how I'm going to make the fridge stop pouring water out of it and my cup has been overflowing for a while now and I keep thinking to myself Rachel you need a bigger container (laughs) this like find where's a pitcher you need a big bowl or a pitcher and I'm standing there just still holding the cup which was full you know a long time ago I'm not making any moves to go find the pitcher or the bucket because in my head, if I take that glass away, water's just going to be pouring straight onto the floor. Which it already (laughs) is, right? Which is what it was doing anyway. How in the world can we do fun new things that will maybe, maybe just get us out of our routine and get us out of our crazy uh, you know, doldrums and our snippiness when w- the world is not going according to plan. Well, I'll tell you what I did. In 2014, my friend Katie and I, I'm not sure where the idea came from, uh, but Katie grew up in Asheville, North Carolina, which is where the National Gingerbread House competition takes place each year at this big fancy resort called the um, Grove Park Inn. And as a child, her dad would take her to it because they put, after the competition, they put all the creations on display and you can walk through and see them. And so this was a happy kind of childhood Christmas memory for her is looking at these gingerbread houses. And she and I got to talking about that one day and it was summertime and she and I were like, huh, I wonder if we could enter that thing. So we got on the website and we looked And there didn't seem to be any qualifications required. Like, 
It didn't say that you had to be like a pastry chef at a five-star restaurant or anything like that. There was an application, but it didn't like require a resume or proof that you could cook. So, um, <laughs> and what it did, what it did promise was that if you entered the competition, you got a discounted rate because you had to come to the hotel. You had to be there at least one night for this competition. And so they offered a discounted rate if you were one of the contestants. And so I thought, well, hmm, fancy resort at a discounted rate. Yeah, I'll make a gingerbread house. <laughs> now... <laughs> My friend Katie was a little more serious about this. Like she had, she knew how to make gingerbread. I had made a sum total of three gingerbread houses in my entire life. And they all looked exactly the way you would imagine a six, seven and eight year old to make them. And that was the extent of my, my knowledge on gingerbread. She had a little more knowledge than I did. Thank goodness. But um, we set out to make, and, and if you, by the way, if you've ever seen this, it's a televised competition. If you've ever seen it, the things that these people make with gingerbread are astounding. Like, these are no gingerbread houses like you see on a Hallmark Channel movie. These are like elaborate creations, like entire Santa villages or, you know, elves climbing through the windows of, of a house and reindeer on top of the roof. And it's, it's amazing. So um, we made our we made our entry, <laughs> um, which was if you'd have had a camera on us, it would have made for a great sitcom because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and then we loaded up. We were up till two or three a.m. the night before we left, trying to get everything finished because we were behind. And then we drove to Asheville, and that was Katie at the wheel and me in the back of the van holding the gingerbread still as we go through the hills in Asheville because um, it would break apart. So I'm trying to hold it together and I'm hollering at Katie, slow down. And she's hollering back, it'll be fine. Like if I had a dollar for every time she said, it'll be fine. Um, so we get there and that is when we see for the first time everybody else's creations. And this would be like, you know, this would be like your granddaughter coloring a picture of a table with some food on it and some people beside it. Um, that would be that would be uh -huh. our entry. And then everybody else's entry is like the Norman Rockwell painting of the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Um, so I very shipped, you know, Katie was hoping maybe we would win something, maybe we would place in some category. I very quickly shifted my perceptions and my expectations to, um, I just declared that we're winning. Uh, the entire weekend, I just kept saying, cheers, we're winning, we are winning. Look, we're at the Grove Park Inn, we're winning. Hey, we're on a road trip away from our kids for an entire weekend. We're winning. I just kept saying that we were winning. And I also decided that if we couldn't win the competition, we could at least be the media darlings of the competition. And that we were. I managed to attract all of the cameramen over. They repeatedly came over to us and kept interviewing us and kept, uh, in fact, it's been all over the news in North Carolina. Our entry was all over the news in, in North Carolina. So I just kept saying, we're winning. Now we didn't place, we didn't come anywhere near placing, but we had so much fun. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing 
but yet I can say that I have competed in the national ginger, the 22nd annual national gingerbread house competition. I'll tell you something that I started doing this season because I have been feeling that pressure of uh, just too much, overwhelmed, uh, too many things going on. And at nighttime, I have started to doodle and sketch and draw. And it's just for my relaxation time. It's just something that I've enjoyed creating. And what has been fun to watch, because I I did them just because I didn't really care if anybody liked it or not. It was just for me. But what's been fun is watching people say, hey, can you do one for me? Now, here, here's what I have to be careful of. I don't want it to become another job <laughs> that I do. But it's so much fun to try to be uh, allowing ourselves to try something new and fun and creative during the middle of the chaos. Yeah, I've been seeing your, your doodles. You often post them to Facebook, and they're delightful. And I love that you are doing that. Um, and it blesses me to see them. Um, I won't ask you to make me one, but uh, <laughs> I like them. Um, so it rem- this reminds me of a verse in Ecclesiastes in chapter 11, uh, verse 6. And now it might not be talking about drawing doodles or making gingerbread. It might be talking about maybe more important things like, I don't know, growing food or increasing the kingdom of God, because the Bible's kind of lofty that way. But Nonetheless, um, I love verse 6 of Ecclesiastes 11, and it says, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening, evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. So to me, that verse is just sort of like, hey, keep doing stuff. <laughs> Don't just try something and then stop mm-hmm. and sit and wait and wonder whether anything will come of it. Like, just keep going. Try this. Try that. You never know which one's going to succeed, um, which one's going to become a new favorite tradition, um, which one's going to be a story you're going to enjoy telling for the next 10 years, you know. So your seed in the morning and, and again, you know, in the evening, keep at it. You don't know what's going to succeed. Um, and maybe both will do well or maybe one or the other but just keep at it you know don't don't just um get sucked into the recliner and and stop participating now i know a lot of people that are doing a lot of crafty things and maybe you're not a crafty person but maybe you have a way with words and you write and rachel i know that you're a, a journaling nut you love to journal things Whatever it is that is something new and fun and creative, I think can put a little new spark in our, in our whole traditions that we've, you know, always kind of, we kind of always do the same thing. And so we get into a rut and almost we can maybe dread it because we're like, oh, I've got to cook that same meal. I've got to do the same thing. And And rather than let things become dull and uh, mundane, we can add a little bit of spark, a little bit of new. And I think that's what Ecclesiastes is talking about there. It's like, you don't know 
until you try. Right. Yeah, so I have a group text with 17 people on it in my family um, that my sister-in-law put out a couple days ago asking for our Christmas Eve get-together, um, what kind of food do we want? Um, and and this gets asked several times. So our Christmas Eve dinner has been everything from what you might imagine, a tra- you know, whatever, the ham or the turkey or the you know traditional dinner. Um, there have been several years there where we had breakfast breakfast for dinner um, as our Christmas Eve dinner. There was years where we had Italian for our Christmas Eve dinner. The consensus, group consensus on the text this year is traditional food. So we're back to the traditional dinner. But, you know, we we leave it up for, I mean, what doesn't change is that we gather on Christmas Eve. Um, but we, we leave it up for, you know, up for choice each year. And some years we've dressed up in, you know, fancy Christmas kind of outfits. And some years we've done Christmas Eve, the entire family and the entire dinner in Christmas pajamas. So I think it can be fun to switch it up. You know, what are the non-negotiables? And then what could be, what could you flex on? What could you change? What could you try? Well, you know me, I love to try new types of games or uh, conversation starter type things. And so mm-hmm. I've done the conversation jar, even with our Encouragement Cafe girls, and I've done that at Christmas parties. Well, this year, we started something different because I was in that same thing, like, okay, everybody's done the conversation jar. So let's, and, and we've done the heads up, you know, where everybody does something fun. Mm-hmm. I love games because I think it really gets interactive. So I'm always looking for something new. Well, this year at the Joy FM uh, radio party that we hosted, I bought two new games. One was Christmas trivia. And so I passed out cards to everybody. And we, after we did our Dirty Santa gift exchange, we all just kind of read different trivia questions and everybody just shouted out if they thought that they knew the answer and it was a lot of fun and everybody was Uh laughing and enjoying that and then I pulled out the other one that was a huge hit and I really didn't know if it was going to go over or not but it is inflatable reindeer ears that's worn as a hat and Mm -hmm. inflatable rings there were four blue rings and four red rings and so everybody, I, I strapped these reindeer ears on our station manager and his wife. And <laughs> all the guys got a chance to try to ring the antlers. And all the girls, tr- oh, it was hilarious. Like horseshoe. Yes. Only they're, they're throwing <laughs> these rings at the station manager's head and, head. <laughs> and his wife's head. And so it was so much fun. The kids got involved, and it was so great. And when people were leaving, they're like, I didn't know if I was going to like that, but that was hilarious. We have to enjoy this season because we never know. We never know what is going to work. As Ecclesiastes says, we've got to come to the table saying, okay, whatever we bring is is." A different perspective. We can look at it in a different perspective. And, and uh, Jay, I am botching this because my brain is on hold. Um, so let me try that over again. So that's exactly what Ecclesiastes is saying. You know, we 
don't know what's going to be successful. We know what's worked in the past, but as our families grow and we end up having loved ones not at the table this year or new folks, maybe new in-laws that have shown up and into our lives. And so everything changes and the dynamics change. And when those little expectations that we've always had in our mind all of a sudden don't happen, instead of getting upset about it, I love, Rachel, your view on let's just change our perspective. Yeah, and decide that we're winning. Um, I have a friend, Lisa, who uh, her husband works for a boarding school. So uh, pretty much their entire marriage, they've lived on the premise of the boarding school. And they eat in the cafeteria at the school with the kids. She does not cook. She never really learned to cook. She was never really interested in cooking. And she never had to because of this whole arrangement with the type of work that they did. So... um, But when holidays would come, the school would close for the holidays and the kids would go home. And then she had no real idea how to do like a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner. So she would invite all of her, you know, in-laws to to their house and she would set a cute table. That's what she says. Her great skill is she can set a cute table. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she would let them just do all the cooking. And she said that worked really well for years because she was sort of intimidated by the cooking thing. And she's thought, "I'll, I'll do the dishes and I'll set the table and they will come in and cook. And that worked well for years. But she said in recent years, she suddenly realized that she didn't really have a voice in in the traditions and how they were going. And so she is starting to step up and um, do a few of her own things. So I applaud my friend for that. And it's never too late to tweak a tradition or introduce something new um, or, or just try and see what might work better for you today. What worked yesterday or two years ago might not be the best thing for today. Okay, so here is the plan for the rest of the season. Try it. Try something new. Don't be afraid to interject some new creative things into your traditions. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.